Alright. Uh, I'm going to hit record. I know Scott's really done. Alright. <laughs> you don't have to host it if you don't want to. I've already. It is. Before it is your thing. I do the show reviews, you do the tournaments, Nathan shows up. I do my own like- shit. <laughs> <laughs> I make you guys do my podcast, and I'm just here for yours. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, you are here with us, too, on the Rogue Opinions Podcast, because now I'm taking it over from Scott, because Scott doesn't want to do it, <laughs> even though he has the bracket for another exciting tournament. This time, we are tackling the MCU, and um, instead of our normal uh, eight-seed tournament we've gone and done 16 so that means no avengers movies none of the shite movies so thor dark world bye fucking iron man 2 eat a dick um <laughs> I just iron man my bullet <laughs> iron man 3 fuck off okay wow. are... wait, wait, wait. i'm at free yeah hold yeah. on hold on hold on i'm getting through the en- i'm getting through the intro Okay, I'm Jimmy Baxter, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus fucking Christ. And hopefully my <laughs> audio quality is good for some of you. You know who you are. But here with me is the rest of the A-team, Scott McLeod. Hello. And Nathan Greenaway. Hello. <laughs> Alright, so your 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 problem was what now? I just don't I I think there are better there were sorry, worse movies than Iron Man 3. That are just getting a free ride into this well that's the point of the rest that's of the tournament though. Yeah, because you you were ruling out iron man 3 i want iron man 3 in there well we've already let's, let's be fair the first iron man is the best iron man the two sequels couldn't follow up nathan like it was we got to cut we got to cut the facts and we've already cut out like if endgame was in this it would probably win outright but we had to make sacrifices we all had to make sacrifices that's a big claim i think the first captain america should kicked out and Iron Man 3 should go in. Hey, like Captain America Captain America, the first one, gets a lot of shit. But as an origin story, it really it serves its purpose very well. Probably Jones is very underrated in that movie, even though and even though Hugo even hated being the Red Skull, the Red Skull is still one of the better phase one villains after Loki. And it doesn't also, make it a good and, movie though. I'm saying and unlike the other two Captain America movies are not basically an Avengers film because that's what the next two Captain Americas are. Winter Soldier is not an Avengers movie. Winter Soldier, you've got what, Black Widow, you've got Falcon, Nick Fury, and the second one, and then you've got basically everybody except Hulk and Thor and Civil War. Yeah, but people say, oh, Iron Man 3 say, takes oh. place at Christmas. What? Iron Man 3 takes place, takes place at Christmas. Is well, it a Christmas, isn't Christmas movie? movie tournament, Nathan? No, but I'm just saying that it's the only Christmas movie, and we've got to represent all the holidays in this. Okay, so which one exactly is the Halloween film in the MCU? Uh, Howard the Duck at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy. What about Easter? I'm sure there was a bunny at some point in one of them. Arbor Day? I don't know what that is. Did you make that up? Do, do you guys not have Arbor Day over there? The hell is Arbor Day? It's a day where fucking people plant trees or some shit. No, that's just called gardening. What the fuck's a tree? <laughs> <laughs> we, we haven't had shade in Scotland nigh on 200 years. 
<laughs> William Wallace Legend. took down all the trees, and we won't fucking plant another one. Legend anyway, we need power choice in the Iron Man suits. One at a time? What? You go first, Scott. Oh, I was making a joke about the trees. I, I was trying to talk about Gwyneth. Oh, fuck. Here we go again. You know Gwyneth Paltrow has no idea what movies she's in and not in in the MCU? It's because there's too many of them. No, it's because she's Take fucking... a big bag sick. of money, though, won't she? Yeah. Oh, I got it. Uh, guys, impromptu, I'm sorry. I have, to, I have to bring this up. Do we put Gwyneth Paltrow in the big-timing Fox Hall of Fame? What did she big-time? The or entire who? MCU. Oh, yeah, yeah, I respect it for that. In here. Guys. Gwyneth Paltrow, by the way, shows up at the end of Spider-Man Homecoming for 10 seconds. She's like, what, third or fourth highest billing at the end credits bit. And that really pissed me off. That was the final straw with Gwyneth for me. Before the whole candle smelling like her vagina. Uh, well, did you hear about the woman in the UK whose house burnt down because of the vagina candle? I bet the fireman could knew what house was burning down that day. Oh, guys, Gwyneth is back. Did it? Wait, wait. When you say it burned down because of the candle, like... The candle, Was like, it lit? Yeah, the candle was lit, and it, and then it exploded, and it burned the house down. <laughs> why are you that's laughing? why Iron Man 3 should be in this tournament. I, so really. How do you do that? I'm just trying to get us back on, back on track. When have we ever been on track? Um, I'm making an effort. <laughs> I love how defeated you just sounded there. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, <clears throat> according to PeopleMagazine.com, a UK woman is recounting the scary moment after her Gwyneth Paltrow vagina-scented candle exploded in her living room. Jodie Thompson of Kilbourne, North London, told The Sun, that means you know it has to be true, that she was at home with her partner David Snow when she went to light the cheeky votive, uh, which she won on an online quiz. Ooh. And if we yeah. can't trust the games we won in online quizzes, yeah. what is the world coming to? Uh, after lighting the goop, this smells like my vagina candle, which went viral upon its release last January, Thompson said a large flame jumped from the wick to the outside of the glass jar. The uh, The candle exploded and emitting... Uh, and admitted huge flames with bits flying everywhere, she told the outlet. I've never seen anything like it. The whole thing was ablaze, and it was too hot to touch. The in There was an inferno <laughs> in the room. So, essentially, Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina, too hot to handle. Bwah, bwah, bwah! PSA, guys, for this person who sounds massively intelligent by pointing out the flame was too hot to touch. Uh, here's what I really think happened. She lit the candle... Uh, she wasn't meant to be at this David Snow's house because David Snow is married, and but she didn't know that, and she just found out, so she burnt his house down. That's what I think really happened. Uh, takes here, hot takes. To put a little bow on the end of this, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow nor Goop uh, responded to. Uh, uh, asked like being asked for comment on uh, the vagina candle exploding in the living room of a woman from North London, specifically Kilbourne. I am from America, so I don't know what those words mean. Um, but anyway, the MCU, ladies and gentlemen, is where we are 
And uh, specifically because uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candle uh, nearly killed a poor woman and her mistress. Or mister? Are they misters? Yeah, they're misters. Um, because of all that, I'm going to have to say Iron Man 3's got to go. What? No, actually, no, you did make a... Argument of it. I thought this was an argument of the Big Time and Fucks Hall of Fame, which I was all on board with. Oh, well, yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow should definitely be in the Big Time and Fucks Hall of Fame. Well, because that lady burnt down her own house with a um, candle. No, actually, I'm pulling a quote, actually, right now. John Favreau. Favreau? Favreau? Favreau. John Favreau. <laughs> Favreau? <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm... I'm... <laughs> I'm literally just trying to stall so I can find the. Oh, I thought you were having a stroke. No. It's like he's really famous. I'm just trying to fill dead air, goddammit. <laughs> All right. Well, it's Scott, have you got a list? What What's on there at the minute? Well, I'm, I'm trying to make it make up the back here because I've so far, I'm trying to figure out what isn't because, okay, Avengers movies, there are 23 MCU movies. We're trying to get to 2016, so we're taking out the Avengers because. Yeah. We've agreed they're of their own. Let's see. Iron Man 2, Thor The Dark World, that makes six, so we need one more. You're arguing about... I want Iron Man 3. want Iron Man 3 in or out? In. And then he and said he doesn't want... In place? And I, don't, I think, I think Cats America 1 should go, or... There might even be loads that... I can't even remember most of them. Yeah, see, one I'm surprised you guys haven't mentioned yet. That I actually like is Incredible Hulk with Ed Norton. I think oh, I like that movie. That's not gonna. I know it's not gonna get far, but I like it. It's not on Disney Plus, so it shouldn't be in there. I mean, Spider Man Far From Home and Homecoming are in the bracket. They're not on Disney Plus either. Yeah, that's because they're too new. Well, no, that's because Sony are arseholes. That as well. Yeah. Jimmy, are you? Have you found it? Are you still there? Are you with us? Oh yeah, I'm I'm here. I'm just I'm getting the quote, but uh, I'm down with uh, the first Captain America not being in there. Uh, if I didn't if even think about Hulk. Uh, oh yes, fucking Hulk. Hulk. Fuck Hulk. All right, so Hulk's out. Iron Man's yeah, in. Yeah, Hulk. Hulk can go. If I yes. have to one. Yes. Okay, I'm just now. I'm scribbling out incredible and putting Captain America in its place where it was on the program. What? I'm taking out Incredible Hulk because I brought it down as part of the bracket and now if it's not being included I'm scrolling it out and putting the first Captain America in the match where it was in the first okay. round. Good. So, and that means Iron Man 3 is in as well, right? Just so I'm sure. Yes! Cool. I'm, I'm making the bracket up. I'm making the matches up. So. Just want all the holidays represented. No, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um... Well, according to Tom Holland, um, I mean, I only worked with Gwyneth one time on Spider-Man Homecoming, which she doesn't remember, which still to this day breaks my heart, Holland said in a June interview. Um, one time we were shooting Avengers Endgame. She was in her blue suit and I was in my Spider-Man suit and she came up to me and asked me for a photo with me and Robert Downey Jr. And I think she posted it and said Robert Downey Jr. and myself and this guy. I was just the guy. It was cute. So airhead Gwyneth Paltrow should be in the Big Time in Fox Hall of Fame. At least in my opinion. Hmm. I, I would agree. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree on that. Tom Holland is a lovely man. Vindication, okay, ladies and gentlemen. 
the first member of the Big Timing Flux Hall of Fame in 2021, Gwyneth Paltrow. As we say to all of our inductees, welcome to the club, asshole. <laughs> I mean, who have we included actually since the first anniversary show? Because I can't think of anyone other than now than Gwyneth and Alf, no. Been a very no, quiet I I don't. I don't think that is. Uh, it's not come up for a long time. The big time in fuck sort of fame. It's an exclusive club. Yeah, you can't be adding somebody every episode. I mean, it's. You know, it, this is an illustrious, illustrious Hall of Fame, and we can't just be adding people willy nilly. Of course, exactly. I understand that. Exactly. Uh, so we could do this tournament. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, and we've got the bracket now in front of us. We've narrowed down the field of the MCU, maybe to 16. And this isn't going to be the only comic book-related tournament we're going to be doing over the coming weeks because we're so desperate for content that we're going to be doing multiple tournaments. We're going to go through these 16 films until we get down to the final four, and we're going to carry those four over to another tournament we're going to do. It will be the grand final tournament which will decide what is truly the greatest comic book movie of all time. They also will be joined by the final two and a tournament we're going to do to decide the best DC movie and the best non-MCU Marvel movie. And then those eight will go into our grand final, as I said. And it'll be up to us because our opinions matter the most, as you see from our greatest entrances tournament and other such things. That is up to us. We're the only ones who can say what truly is the best MCU or best comic book movie of all time. We are the leading authority in all things Marvel, DC, and otherwise. Let it be known. And so I've tried to structure the bracket in a way that doesn't make it too easy and leaves for plenty of petty arguing over things that maybe don't matter in the end. But, lads, are you ready to get into it? So ready. Let's get into it! Okay, I'll go from the right-hand side of the bracket and then off to the left side for the first round. Our first first round match will fit the one that Jason wanted to get into. Make sure all holidays were represented. Iron Man 3 going up against Spider-Man Far From Home. Spider-Man Far From Home. This is really cut and dry for me. Hands down. There's action. There's suspense. There's that guy. From Silicon Valley and Party Down that I love. Uh, <laughs> Ned is also in it. We all love from uh, the thing that you said. Huh? Who was the guy before Ned? Uh, he's the dude from... Uh, oh, uh, was it Richard Starr? Something like that? See, that's where Spider-Man Far From Home falls short. You can't even remember the guy's name. It's just because there's so many people. I'm, I'm getting it. Jesus Christ. Like, he won Iron Man 3, I've already mentioned. It's a Christmas movie, which means it's fun for all the family. Uh, so you can sit down. Nathan, this isn't the Christmas movie tournament. Yeah, but it's important to talk about Christmas. There's only, like, 300 shopping days left. 
<laughs> Martin Starr. Martin Starr played Mr. Harrington. You looked that up, didn't you? I did look that up, yes. Yes, I did. But what it didn't have was Ben Kingsley being the most Ben Kingsley that you can be on any given day. And that's what Iron Man 3 had going for it. And it had Paul Bettany just giving his beautiful voice to, uh, to Jarvis. Uh, all, the, all of everyone's favourites were there. John Favreau was there, not Favreau, or however you wanted to say it. Favourite? Uh, John Favourite? John Favourite. <laughs> Sounds like something I'd like. man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Gwyneth was there. No one knows if she was meant to be there, but she turned up. And they turned the Iron Man suits into fireworks. Now, Nathan, you make a lot of good points there. Thank but then you said Gwyneth was there. And it was already obvious for me that I was going to put Spider-Man through. And you've just clinched it for me. So, at two to one, because it's democracy, Spider-Man Far From Home goes through. I mean, it's got your pal, Jay Gyllenhaal, always saying Marvel instead of Marvel or whatever he said. I think you guys just hate Christmas. No, the bromance that evolved from Tom Holland and Jake Gyllenhaal being in this movie together makes this movie even greater. Jake Gyllenhaal is a bromance with everyone. The guy's a bro- he's delightful. bromance Because he's delightful. He's Gwyneth Paltrow is a fucking shrew who makes candles that smell like her pussy. Please, vagina, be respectful. Uh, no. No. This is already a broken bracket for me. <laughs> I'm continuing. I'm going to continue this podcast under protest. Well, you can you can do that as we go into the second round. As we go into the second first round match, sorry, it is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two taking on Thor Ragnarok. Oh, this one's hard. Think, one. mm. We've got excellent soundtracks. I will say that. This is true. They both do have excellent soundtracks and top-notch humor as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, but only I mean, one of them has Kurt Russell. <laughs> that is true. Only one of them does have Kurt Russell. Uh, uh, wait a talk- second. Only one of them has Jeff Goldblum. <sighs> oh, Kurt Russell is Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. It's my birthday, birthday. Thor Ragnarok does accomplish a great feat, somehow managing to be both the best Thor movie and best Hulk movie in the same sentence. Uh, even though the Hulk, it's not about the Hulk, but he's a main character in it. Yeah, they did do that. Uh, but Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 did give us Baby Groot. That is a fair point. It did, yes. Yeah, which is the original cute baby character. Before a different <laughs> I, franchise stole just, that idea. Just stop. <laughs> stop right now. Stop what you're saying. Grogu is a lovely, lovely baby. No, I didn't, I didn't say he wasn't a lovely baby. Uh, I just said that Groot, baby Groot came first. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. It's just factual. And, uh, I mean, did technically Grogu come first? No, he does live in a galaxy far, far away a long time ago. God, that movie made no sense. That, gal- that galaxy that's far away, is it protected by the so-called Guardians of the Galaxy? Mm-hmm. I think See? not. See? You know what he just did there? He just ordered 66, your argument. Boom. Was... Look, 
I don't think we should be applying Star Wars logic to to anything. Well, You're I, the one who brought it up. Everything. It wants everything. I just said Baby Groot was the original, and Baby Groot is super cute. And this movie expands well on what the first one did to the best parts. It gave us uh, Dave Batista standing very still to be invisible. <laughs> and what more? What more do we want from that? It also gave us Kurt Russell being a crazy guy who was kind of a planet and kind of wasn't. And that's Thor a lot of fun. Thor Ragnarok gave us Bruce Banner falling flat on his face from hundreds of feet in the air onto a walkway in what is <laughs> the one of the funniest things I've ever seen on screen. I mean, I, I like Drax's kind of deadpan sense of humor, but it's very hard to compete with Korg because Korg just steals everything that he's in and Thor Ragnarok. The only complaint I have about Thor Ragnarok is not enough Korg. So I hope they rectify in Thor 4. Is there going to be a 4-4? They said that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah lo- it's Thor, called Love and Thunder. Oh, it's called cool. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too many oh, things. Oh, it Love and Thunder. They call it Love and Thunder because Thor four is very hard to say multiple times in a row. Yeah, it's just four four, isn't it? Uh, ah, so I guess four Ragnarok wins. Oh, we didn't specify. We didn't specify that, did we? I mean, I mean I'm like you guys were le- you guys seemed like you were leaning that way. Unless it, I can I can carry on ranting. I haven't even got to um, Kurt Russell's genuine one of these people to have played Santa. He was really good at Santa. I will give him that. He was that was a great jazz number in the prison. <laughs> that was good. He sang the shit out of that. I mean, I was leaning towards Thor Ragnarok. I just don't want it to be as conclusive that I wanted there to be a bit of an argument here because it seemed you guys were very silent when I rent in this this matchup. Uh, it's just it's very difficult because Guardians 2 is like my favorite of the Guardians movies. Granted there are only two. Um, <laughs> but uh so I mean one one of them's got to be number 1. Um but I think Thor Ragnarok is just funnier look, and the, it's just the characters that got brought in as well like uh, Mantis in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. That was pretty fantastic, played by Pom something. I can't remember her name now. See, you can't even Pom. remember her name. Ooh. <laughs> her name's Pom. I just don't remember her surname. Mm. Uh, we never mentioned Sylvester's fucking Stallone's in there. Uh, the yeah. Guardians. Hey, 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 Mick! I'm going to the galaxy. And here's what I here's what I do. I take your Jeff Goldblum. I raise you, David fucking Hasselhoff. <laughs> yeah, but you'd actually have to be raising with something. You're actually putting yourself further, like in the hole, when you mention David Hasselhoff. Well, what's wrong with the Hoff? I got Kurt Russell. I got Vin Diesel. I got Sylvester Stallone, and I got the Hoff. Let me tell you exactly what's wrong with the Hoff. Okay, uh, David Hasselhoff is doing a garage sale uh, where he's selling off a bunch of merchandise cuz well, yeah, he's, he's not doing that broke. in the movie. Hold on. What's his finances got to do with it? Hold on. You elitist. Hold on. Hold on. He's selling a 15 foot tall replica of himself that they named Big Dave uh, from the movie SpongeBob SquarePants for $15,000. Are you telling me that Jeff Goldblum's character in Ragnarok would not sell 
a giant statue of himself for $15,000. No, he just patches himself into all the TVs and, like, projects himself into the sky because he is the master and he is better than all of us. Oh, no. No, he's not. He's just running a glorified, like, cockfighting thing. Yeah, what's wrong with cockfighting? A lot. It seems to be... (laughs) Seems to be between you two. Like, Nathan seems to be leaning to one, you seem to be leaning towards the other. See, I'm kind of in the middle here, but you know, I was leaning more towards your side, Timmy, with Thor Ragnarok. But I need you now to give me another argument to convince me because I'm starting to lean back the other way. Because now I just remember the Yondu scene where Yondu is Mary Poppins and then he, he sadly is taken from us, and I forgot how emotional that was. But I need um, you to help bring me back to Thor. Here's, here's how I bring you back to Thor Ragnarok, okay? Oh! I know him! I know him! We're friends from work! And then they fight, and he goes, You're making me look bad! I said we were friends! And then you got you got Loki cheering because Thor gets thrown around the same way he did. And goddamn right. I'm pretty sure Chris Hensworth said that one of his favorite lines he's ever said as Thor is the, we're friends from work. <laughs> it's a great line. It's hilarious. <laughs> All right. In the immortal words of Ben Stiller in Tropic Thunder, that's a trailer right there. <laughs> you know what? Uh, but Colin, you got you got Dave Batista just telling Mantis that she's ugly, and Mantis thinks it's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> you just got those two. Mantis so clueless, and Dave Batista so deadpan. It's been like you are hideous. <laughs> you know, you both make strong points here, but I actually lean when it comes to both guys. I lean to the first one more so for reasons I'll get to later in the in the tournament. So, because they're friends from work, I'm going with Thor Ragnarok. Shockaloob. You, you had it for a while there, Nathan. I was That's almost because really because of Yondu, he didn't argue enough about. It was Mary Poppins. Well, you brought it up, so I felt like you didn't need me to repeat it. You know, backing me up would have been nice. I did back you up. I was on Guardian side the entire time. Anyway. Moving on to another difficult one, I believe. We have Captain America, the Winter Soldier, taking on Black Panther. Ooh. Okay, so, devil's advocate. Uh, I'm not saying which way I'm leaning, but Killmonger, possibly the best villain in any standalone Marvel movie, I think. I don't know. I went through a thing towards the end of 2020 where I was re-watching certain Marvel films I hadn't seen since they came out and Black Panther was, was one of them. And I was kind of unsure about Killmonger because afterwards I'd seen all sorts of people really talking about how he was the greatest film. I even said somebody cried compare him to Heath Ledger's Joker, which kind of like was kind of made me go like, really? And it was only when I re-watched that I really appreciated the, uh, the character and like, his motivations, especially the way that he, at the end, and I'm sorry for... If we do, if you didn't already know that there were going to be spoilers in this, but come on, there's definitely going to be spoilers. But at the end, where he could have easily lived uh, with if he accepted Black Panther's help, and he just chooses to die instead, like that's a powerful fucking scene. It's a powerful scene. Uh, Winter Soldier is legit my favorite MCU movie, so I'm going to argue hard for this. But, but I think. Ahead. I think the way that they reveal Winter Soldier and like Bucky Barnes and everything in that movie is genius. And he was legit like he was like an MCU's version of the Terminator. Uh, 
in that movie just the way he was so he didn't really know what was going on a lot of the time and he was just like unrelenting brick wall guy he was just gonna keep and keep going uh introduce, the way they introduced falcon was pretty great as well and then turning it into like some kind of espionage movie and finally making captain america interesting because he just seemed like he was just too much like a goody two shoes until this movie but he had to he had to get gritty he had to get a little bit dark and like the whole play with Nick Fury as well, uh, getting sort of killed off for like ten minutes. So was pretty great, and like the story as well with Peggy Carter carrying on and Cap going to see uh, old lady Peggy. So unpopular opinion, and I've gotten this argument a lot. Uh, but the first time I saw the Winter Soldier, I thought it was half a movie um, because they don't even catch him until the after credit scene of Ant-Man. So, there's an entire, like... But you've got me, in, these MCU movies, like, to count that these MCU movies are part of stories. Like, all, so many of them are just part of stories. Like, they're, they're just there to set up the next big thing, and The Winter Soldier is going to be such a big and important part moving forward, like... Yeah, they, they tell a full story, but like Bucky's story wasn't done then. But my my sort of thing about that is is like in none of the other movies does like the like the protag the the antagonist of the movie get caught off screen in another person's movie. Like Killmonger dies in Black Panther. Yeah, but they, they told Red they Scale. told the full story there was. America, like Captain America, this was this was like telling the whole story of like Hydra and uh, and Shield and that, and Winter Soldier was part of that. But like, if you, otherwise you're just gonna get every movie is just gonna be exactly the same. If your problem is well, they didn't capture the villain or kill the villain, like you're just gonna get the same movie where you just know what's gonna happen. Like you have to have a little bit of originality going on, right? And it I wasn't agree with really, you. even the main villain. It wasn't even really the main villain. You think Robert Redford's character was really the main villain. And they had to know why they did that because going forward they had to position uh, the Winter Soldier as a hero as he is now. But like having his name the way it was and the way they, they advertised the film made it seem like the Winter Soldier was going to be the main villain. And I do get like the whole thing. The reveal of Hydra was a big thing when I went to see this. And like the main ramifications of it though are felt not in the movies but in the TV show and Shield. Even that even then nobody really watched it because like the only other in the movies that you really get of it is. Like the the start scene, uh, the beginning scene of Age of Ultron, with the store in that big castle. Right, and yeah. I, the, my, the, I'm just merely stating my very unpopular opinion from the first time I saw the movie. I now, in retrospect, love the movie as like as I've watched it three or four more times. But I remember getting to the end of Black Panther and just going like, "Wow, that was insane!" Like I didn't have any like hang-ups about Black Panther when I finished it for the first time. And that's the way I'm sort of, like, arguing for certain things during this tournament. So, for me, it's got to be Black Panther. I mean, putting aside Chad Chadwick Boseman's tragic passing uh, late last year, uh, I just think that it's it's one of the more perfect MCU movies that's out there. But, as, as always, it does fall to you, Scott. Where do you land? It seemingly it does also pass the time. I do remember going to see Captain America and being like really surprised by how much I, I really enjoyed the film. Not that I didn't like uh, Captain America's other film or him as a character, 
but yeah, I do agree with Nathan. It did make him more interesting because his main thing, kinda, is that he's almost like the Superman of the MCU, where he's just too perfect, easily carry two shoes of the group. Uh, and also, given the fact that Iron Man three and Thor: The Dark World came out before those two, so I was starting to have a really low expectation of the uh, follow-up standalone movies until I seen Captain America. And the complaint I think I've made, I don't know if I said this on air or off, but the the Captain America sequels feel more like Avengers movies, but to be fair, like Civil War is more guilty for that than Winter Soldier. I'm not at all stalling for time here while I make a decision. <laughs> no way, I couldn't um, tell. Can't the way they follow up Toby Jones' character of Arnim Zola? When he goes underground into that old bunker and Cap's like, well, there shouldn't be a barracks this close to a thing. And they go in there and the guy's put himself into a computer like he's Johnny Depp from that weird computer movie. Uh, are you trying to help or hinder your argument here? No, that was a really cool bit. Well, no, that, the bit is cool, but comparing it to that god-awful Johnny Depp movie. Well, it's just for reference in case people are more familiar with that Johnny Depp movie than they are the MCU. <laughs> if they're like, what the fuck is this guy to... Oh, that shit Johnny Depp movie. Okay. Oh, like, oh he, that piece of garbage yeah, Johnny Depp movie. Yeah, tied himself to those old school computers. And then he right. was like... And then he was stalling for time whilst he tried to blow shit up. <laughs> Robin from How I Met Your Mother was there. <laughs> <laughs> and it brought us crossbones. There was that bit in the lift. Remember when everyone got in the lift and then Captain America was like, before we begin, does anyone want to get off? And he beats okay. the shit out of it. Okay. Yeah, see, here's, where I, here's where I'm at decision, final decision, because we've got to move on, we've got other stuff to get to. Now, I said I like both films. I've listed off reasons why. Although I did, I think I made my own argument at the start. When I did say there are certain aspects, especially with Killmonger, that I enjoyed about Black Panther upon rewatching. I'm not saying it's a bad movie, I'm just saying that uh, there's certain things about it that I didn't really appreciate until I rewatch. whereas the feelings that I have about Captain America when I Soldier, I had them when I watched it, and then and the times that I've watched it back, I still feel the same about it. So I'm taking, just taking Winter Soldier. Yes! God, I felt like it's a big... Bad. I felt like a big win. I honestly, like, especially with the last two, like... They, either way, they could have gone. Like, are I mean, just great, great choices either way. What's next? Uh, and he name drops Doctor Strange when he's on the roof. He does. And yeah. Like, oh, what a great movie. We're gonna, we're not gonna get complaints that we just voted against the one standalone movie with a black guy as the lead, are we? Uh, uh, listen, uh, black people listening, I fought for it. Just saying. Oh, look out, Nathan! Here comes the bus. Yeah, jeez, thanks, Jerry. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, now I feel bad. I'm gonna the, go guy next did, the guy did just die, I'm just saying. <laughs> God, I'm going to try and find some Black Lives Matter charities to donate too quickly. <laughs> Hashtag Wakanda forever. Final uh, match of the side of the bracket is uh, the first Thor movie taking on Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man Homecoming all day. That's the scene on the rooftop with RDJ and Tom Holland working their shit out and the like the way that the suit opens and he starts walking at him on the uh just and Vulture 
fucking Michael Keaton. He was Batman. And then he was Vulture. And then now he's gonna be Batman again. I can't I can't even begin to explain how much I love this movie. Nathan, do you, you like to play devil's advocate? Are you going to go that way or are you going to go with what Jimmy said? Look, I don't like the way you just call me devil's advocate. Uh, sometimes yeah, like for the first four movies, really shit. <laughs> <laughs> he fights that big Power Ranger robot and that was cool for a little bit, but it's also like, well, yeah. And they took away all his powers like immediately. So you're like, oh, this isn't a superhero movie. <laughs> <laughs> And Thor is kind Cat of Dennings was there, though. Oh, I love Cat Dennings. Uh, Who doesn't? Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, 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 one, the two good lines from Thor in uh, the first movie are when he says, there's another in the cafe and throws his coffee mug down. And also when he says, I need something to ride. I need a horse. He goes into the pet store and goes, we've got a dog. <laughs> Oh, those classic fish out of water stories. The real How did Thor make into this bracket? <laughs> I don't know. Because nobody was, nobody was smart enough to mention it when we were thinking about what to not include. The real subtitle, subtitle of Thor should be We're Just Buying Time Before Avengers. Pretty much. Or well, Here is a Hemsworth. Yeah, come see our movie. Because they kill, in a very is Loki for the first of a billion times that they fake his death. And then he comes back at the end because they need him as the baddie for Avengers. So, yeah. And, the, and plus, I rewatched Spider Man Homecoming the other day. And because I couldn't have given a fuck about the vulture from what I'd seen of him before Michael Keaton played him. So, yeah. Homecoming's going through. Have they ever, like, is there another movie we could think about where they kill off the villain and then bring the villain back before the movie ends? Uh, Endgame. They didn't kill him, did they? Yeah, they killed him in like the first fifteen minutes, and then that's uh, uh, yeah. when they discover the second nebula. During oh the no, time, I, I meant, time I meant, heist. mean they they kill Loki at the end of the movie, but also bring him back before the movie ends. By the Endgame way, they did it kind of right because that was also the second half of the movie, so that's like a story in two parts. Mm-hmm. I like mean, how sequels I mean, work. <laughs> I mean, Winter Soldier was Crossman was not technically dead, then brought back to life because he got hit with a fucking a hell of, one of those big craft things. I can never remember the name of it. Smashed into the side of a building and hit him in the face. There's no way he survived that. Who? Crossbones. Remember he got hit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he wasn't like a proper villain, was he? He got ripped to shreds like half an I'm hour just, later into another movie. I'm just pulling examples at Mars here. I can't think of any. That was a weird choice they made in four. So, oh, Loki's yeah. dead. He's back. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think we're soon discovering why they don't kill villains off and then bring them back before the end. The pussies to kill off characters. Anyway, moving on to the, the left-hand side of the bracket. The first match is Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, taking on Ant-Man. Ooh, oh, I love heist movies. Yeah, how are you doing? It's a great, and it's a great heist as well. I mean, there's, there's a very element different sort elements of heist movie in Guardians One, and I may make a, another more important point. 
I can't stop this feeling. Deep inside. Deep inside of me. Yeah, but they didn't. They didn't write that song. That song existed beforehand. So I don't know if they should get credit for that. But it's a hell of a song. We talked about soundtracks earlier on. The soundtrack to Guardians One just edges out Guardians Two for me. Even though Guardians Two did have that great baby group dancing at the start. I'm just saying, like Ant Man, it's a very different sort of superhero movie to really the rest of them. Uh, because it is pretty much just a straight-up heist. And, like, Scott Lang, you can make himself really small and kind of use the weight-to-strength advantage that ants have, but he's not super powerful. But he does have that cool fight scene with Falcon. Mm-hmm. When well, you hold cool. me in your arms so tight, you let me know everything's all right. I, 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 I. I'm hooked on a feeling. Ladies and gentlemen, you were hooked on a feeling once before. <laughs> and I know you were hooked on a feeling again in 2014 when Guardians 1 came out. Now just just sit back. Ooga chugga, ooga chugga, ooga, ooga, ooga chugga. I think I've made I, my point. I don't think they didn't write that song. That song existed before the movie. But it's an awesome song. Shame on you guys for not knowing it existed before. Before. Of course, it actually yeah. existed before. It was in Rizzo Four Dogs. It's fair. Shame. Fair point. Scott's actually seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just listen to the soundtrack? No comment. Uh, I I did go see Guardians One like opening day. The the cinema closest to me, the first showing on the first date was out. I went to see it partly because of that zombie in the trailer so much, but the actual film itself. I mean, Red Diesel finally took the hint that he has the acting range of a tree, so decided to play one, and somehow got his best performance <laughs> as Iron Giant. Vin Diesel is an awful actor. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good voice actor. Well, the roguish. Am I taking to the comedy there. genius that is Paul Rudd? And he Paul is? Rudd, who is another lovely, lovely man, and we do love lovely men on these podcasts. Uh, alongside another lovely man in Michael Douglas and Corey Stoll is there and he's a cool guy Scott, if I may make one last plea to you if for you sing that fucking song again <laughs> <laughs> no, I was actually gonna for a second but it's just two words just two words, Scott, you ready? Mm-hmm. Lee Pace I was waiting I was gonna see how long it would take to somebody brought up Lee Pace I just bought my microphone so I'm not gonna drop it, but Mic drop. The pace is pretty great. He's our man. Of, he's the holder of the Man of the Year award every year. Winner of the best entrance tournament, despite not being a wrestler. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, there is that as well. The highest of high accolades. You know, there was a dance off to save the universe. <laughs> it was a hell of a distraction, but almost as good as a distraction they oh, pulled God. off. When they pulled off the heist of the year in Ant Man. All right, so let's let's look at it this way, okay? Rudd, it's a superhero in the MCU. The final, like the boss fight at the end of each movie. All right, they're fairly similar, uh, as far as like you know, sort of telegraphy and whatnot. Um, roll Tide. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I gotta give 
Ant-Man, the nod in uh, the final fight, but pretty much everything else is Guardians for me. Like, the cast is fantastic. Who knew Dave Bautista was so fucking funny? Mm-hmm. I think you're disrespecting the cast a little bit of, of Ant-Man here. But Not Paul Rudd, Michael Douglas, and Evangeline Lilly, Corey Stoll, Anthony Mackie, Judy Greer, Michael Penner. That's what I'm saying. Michael Pena, or Pena and, his, and his, like, literally, I think the only thing the MCU has done wrong is that they didn't sit Michael Pena down in a recording studio and have him do a voiceover for the entire beginning everything. Yeah. of, the, of the, the MCU before Phase 4 started. <laughs> The way that he goes and he's just like, now I went to this wine tasting. You know I'm not a really big wine tasting guy, but they had this fantastic rosé. It's like yeah. my favorite thing in any of the movies. Also, T.I. is hilarious in that, in that movie. Like, yeah, what what even is that? Um, I'm split down the middle, but honestly, if Guardians 2 didn't go through, Guardians 1 has to, in my opinion. <sighs> Don't know if it has to. Paul Rudd got ripped. Uh, it's what Kevin Feige has done. Chris Pratt went from fat shit to oh my god. I mean, didn't you watch Parks and Rec? All he did was not drink beer. Yeah. That's fair. That's a fair, <laughs> that's a fair, fair statement, yeah. He's all about Batista being funny. He's always been funny. It's only just now he started being intentionally funny. <laughs> you know, he's always been funny. We've always laughed at him for that time he yelled, you're supposed to be my friend at Ray Mysterio. Or the time he forgot to take a back bump and I went, oh, 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 against Mark Henry. But. Where are you going to start? I will admit that the, the Falcon scene with him and Atman is the most surprising, one of the best surprises of that film. But, and I do agree with Timmy that the final like villain fights are very similar. And while Yellow Jacket looks very cool, he's ultimately the most the more pointless villain. Other two, he's just so disposable. Like you could have got anybody in that role. One of us could have played that character, and nothing would change because he's just basically oh, that's he's, giving us more credit than we ever deserve. I mean, I'm pretty sure when your upcoming podcast will prove otherwise. But <laughs> the the like Neil Jack is basically like, oh, he's a bad guy because we have to have somebody in possession of the thing that these guys are trying to get. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a heist movie. And then he's just ultimately just. Defeated so quickly and then never seen again. Whereas Ronan uh, did a pop up again, Captain Marvel, and he did have an actual purpose. He was defying Thanos, which then fit into the whole Infinity Stone narrative that carried on through films. So I'm going to think Well, okay. Ronan was so pointless, they couldn't even be bothered to get Lee Pace back to play that. I'm not having Captain Marvel. That's not Lee Pace. I didn't know that. That's how pointless Ronan is. Yellow Jacket, you have to have someone in a movie with something to do a heist movie, otherwise it's not a heist movie. But I don't know if you could criticise them for that. It was the origin story. Yeah, but, like, it was just, like, it was... There's an issue with some of the standalone movies, though, is that they need a villain, and so they just make somebody a pad for the sake of it. And... He, the old jacket, unfortunately, fits into that category. He's evil for the sake of being evil. Oh, attraction! It was Lee Pace in Miss Marvel. I was lied to by someone. I thought uh, I would just double check that. Uh, I said it. 
But it wasn't me that researched it. I got told it wasn't. Apparently it was. Sure doesn't look like him. That's that uh, incredible MCU CG. <laughs> I, don't, I still, I still don't think it was the pace. I reckon they, they just say it is. But Nathan, I think. Yeah, where are you leaning? Are you leaning towards Guardians? I'm definitely leaning towards Guardians. I love Ant Man. I love, love, love Ant Man. But it's not better than Guardians. Oh, the fight when they're making the uh, in Ant Man when they make the fights that's super epic when they're tiny and they pull out and it's just a load of toys fly around the room. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty good. <laughs> good. But guys, I think it's time that we all come and get our love as Guardians is going through. Because oh, they nice. didn't talk about the opening scene that they made even funnier in Endgame where they pulled out and showed how he actually looks. Well, the, what the opening scene where his mum dies of cancer? No, oh, sorry, not that one. The opening scene, I, the thing I choose to think of is the opening Jesus. scene. Jesus. Like, wait, wait, the bit where he's singing in the cave. I'm talking about that scene. Oh, okay. <laughs> but after the credits come up. I forgot about the mum bit, but thank you for making this. being a really m- morbid then. <laughs> So, guys, three. Point. Ah. Next up, Iron Man 1 taking on Doctor Strange. Oh, Doctor Strange. Oh, jeez. I get oh, that Iron God. Man I get that Iron Man kicked it off and uh, Mr. Jonathan Favreau, or f- favorite or <laughs> Flavor, Flavortown USA kicked, uh, kicked off the MCU in a big bad way, but Doctor Strange changed the fucking game. Nathan, uh, what, what have there been more of? The ways he's pronounced John Favreau or the ways that Carl pronounced the with Tommy? At the moment, it's still Hideo Tommy, but there's a lot more of this podcast to go. <laughs> and I think we're up to about seven or eight different ways now. <laughs> well, okay. See, I can call John Favreau a bunch of different, like, names but none of them will be racist. Because Hideo Itami came out out of Carl's mouth a little on the fucking, you know, waving old Dixie around, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we've all established Carl is of a... He's much older than any of us. He's of a different era. Yeah. So we have to forgive him. It's like when your granddad speaks up a platter and you have to apologize for him. Yeah. Carl was so fucking excited where Black Panther got knocked out. That's what we're trying to say. <laughs> if you're upset about the outcome of the Black Panther for a third match, please send your uh, your comments to Act Model Fire 89. <laughs> uh, get oh, off. We want to talk about soundtracks, though. Iron Man soundtrack? Just a load of ACDC? Oh, that's old school. That's mid-2000s right there. And it's beautiful. What about the mind-bending visuals in Doctor Strange? I'd already seen Inception. <laughs> um. Okay. Listen, if you're gonna pull anything, you might as well pull Interstellar because it's way more comparable than uh, Inception to Doctor Strange. I don't. I just don't want to talk about that movie though. <laughs> I mean, you, guys, you, guys talk about, you guys talk about like representation and movies. Finally, when Doctor Strange came out, there was a movie for the acid trippers in the audience whenever those illusions were happening. 
It was a bit. It was a bit strange. <laughs> it depends on your point of view, because I was say I, I I know I made these same comparisons to uh, Yale Jacket. Maz Bielsen just saves himself for being that kind of villain in Doctor Strange, even though he's technically a lackey for Dormammu. But that scene where he first meets Doctor Strange, Mister Doctor, Mister Doctor, it's strange. Well, maybe, but who am I to judge? <laughs> That is really funny. Benedict Wong, come on, Benedict Wong in Doctor Strange is amazing. Tilda Swinton as the Ancient One. She is pretty great, and she's even she's got a great follow up as well in Endgame. But uh, but I Iron Man, it was kind of it was the one that started it all. Obviously, Marvel had this giant big plan. No one knew if they were going to really pull it off right. And then they knocked it out of the park by with not just the casting of Robert Downey Jr., but the way they presented the character and told kind of the origin story and brought Gwyneth to us oh, all. <laughs> She's in these movies. You can't not talk about her. <laughs> uh, obviously, who was the guy who uh, originally played Iron Patriot? Uh, is it Gooding Jr.? No, it's Terrence Howard. The guy from Hustle on the Floor. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then he demanded too much money, so they recast him. Bit he feels smart right now. I think Don Cheadle's way better at it anyway. Yeah. I did, I, did love when, like, I did love when all his trailers played that because I'm going next time and going, not for you. <laughs> yeah, honest <laughs> trailers... Honest trailers have been have been pretty fantastic, like lately. Oh, yeah, they're great. <laughs> the thing with Iron Man, I, I do think it's funny that in Endgame, uh, Iron Man jokingly called Fat Thor the dude, and in the first movie of the MCU, the dude played the villain with with Jeff Bridges as Obadiah, and like I think they just had him. Yeah, they put him in just because so they could have an end fight scene. But when you actually look at it, he's a better villain than most standalone films because. When you think about it, uh, he's really he's he's kind of revealed as the guy pulling the strings. He's the why the reason he got kidnapped in the first place. He's the guy trying to force him out of his own company. Yeah, and the vision that John Favreau and uh, the guys at Marvel had. Paul Bettany's already voicing Jarvis back then, mm-hmm. and kind of the planning that was in place. And I think that he's got everything right and uh, for what the MCU would become kind of with this movie and like Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man is there been a better casting like in modern movie kind of history Robert Downey Jr. playing Iron Man has got to be up there with just the best decisions you can make as a casting agent yeah mm-hmm. I think the Tony Stark Iron Man casting is like I mean I literally couldn't picture another human being doing it yeah, and it, just the, the way they kind of brought the character to life as well and uh, what are we arguing against? What's the other one? Doctor Strange. <laughs> I forgot what was going on then for a second. Too busy saying things. Uh, <laughs> I love Doctor Strange as well, though. This is this is a tough one for me, and it is my my little brother's actual favourite, just overall movie. So this is a, this is the opportunity. How much do you actually love or hate your brother? 
What are you going to go for, Nathan? Go on. I'm not, I'm not saying this is going to tear your whole family apart. I'm just going to slightly imply it and leave it at that. <laughs> wow. I prefer Sherlock. So did I for the first two seasons. What's wrong with the later seasons? Oh, don't even get me started on that. Yeah, let's not get started on that. It's a completely different podcast. <laughs> Uh, uh, Wong, I agree with Timmy, he's a great character I'm just like Korg, I'm sad there wasn't just more of him And I hope he's, there's more of him in the second Doctor Strange film Cause, like, Even the, the small bit that he had in Infinity War was really good But see, it's, it's annoying because these are actually two of the better standalone movies So I'm actually annoyed at myself for putting them against each other mm. They're two origin stories, both done pretty much spotless the Doctor Strange character Benedict Cumberbatch playing as like a, a shitty surgeon who's then trying to get his life back, and then Robert Downey Jr. as a shitty billionaire trying to get his life back. And uh, one goes to technology, and the other one goes to magic, and they both have to master it to take down someone. <laughs> and, uh, actually, we talk about casting. Actually, one drawback to Jim Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange is he's great in the role, and I know why a lot of people were also clamouring for him. To be the character, but when you think about it in the origin, Doctor Strange is a lot like other characters. He's like Sherlock, like uh, the character he played in that imitation game film and other films where he basically he starts out as the guy who's really smarter than everybody else and is a dick about it, which then mm. it seems to be the go-to guy for. Yeah, I mean, in imitation game that he was playing a natural person then. Yeah, no, but I'm saying like, it seems to be like whenever you need somebody who thinks they're smarter than everybody for the last few years, it seems to be oh, yeah, it's, it's him. It's him or Eddie Redmayne. They're like the only two choices Hollywood has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to edge I'm giving the edge to Iron Man. Mm. In a way, they're literally just the same movie. Jeff Bridges tries to steal his company and uh, the other guy tries to steal that, steals that book and tries to steal all of magic. They do follow a similar format, yeah. Yeah. I'm on to you, Kevin Feige. That's what I'm saying. Ooh, Kevin Feige, he's got your number. What up? Took a shit on your desk, bro. What up? <laughs> do you think Kevin Feige has a desk? Oh, yeah. But not just in his home. Do you actually think he has an office that he goes to? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Well, he's putting all these movies together and thinking about years in the future. Yeah, he'll have a desk. Just a giant flowchart. He's the head of like creative for Marvel now. Like he and he's probably and he's doing Star Wars movies. Guy's got a guy's got a little on his plate. Cornered the nerd community. I I think we've really spent far longer on this particular match than I thought we would. I'm just going to say Iron Man. So we've got at least one of us as a definitive one. Again, not by much. I'm saying Iron Man. Ooh. So it's down to me. Well, I don't know, because we, we docked out Iron Man 3. Iron Man 2 didn't get in. I feel like one of the Iron Mans should get through and if all of them, that's going to be the one. I mean, Demi, did you give a definitive one either way? Um, I mean, because like I said, Iron Man like, started the entire MCU, but in my opinion, Doctor Strange sort of like changed the game. Uh, a little bit as far as like visuals and whatnot, um, but I mean, yeah, I guess I gotta go. 
Iron Man overall. It's a great movie. Yeah, doesn't even matter what I think. Man. No, it, it does matter. You, your opinion matters. It's a, what would uh, you wait? I'm, I'm going to go for Doctor Strange just so it gets a vote. I just think all holidays should be represented. <laughs> I just don't understand the the need to have the holidays represented. They're, they're important staples. Well, now we're coming to the same two matches as this grueling first round. And let's see how you guys fall this next one. We've got Atman and the Wasp taking on Civil War. Jeez. I mean, as much as I love Ant-Man and the Wasp, it's got to be Civil War. It's got to be. Under ruse. <laughs> I mean, Ant-Man and the Wasp is something that Ant-Man did, but there's way more of it, which is basically main characters talk science and stuff and then try and dumb it down for our audience. Because, like, the message, especially between, like, Evangelion and Mike, oh, Douglas' characters and shit that we're meant to follow along with. Oh, we can we do this thing, that thing, this thing. This, re- this explains why this all can be wrapped up in this certain amount of time. And even though I did say that it's more of an Avengers movie than an actual Captain America movie, it's still a better watch for me than Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, Ant-Man and the Wasp does one of those things that I don't really like in movies and TVs where two characters will be talking a load of sciencey stuff that you don't understand and one character will just come in and be like, what if we just do it like this and we can just do it? And then just like plugs in one lead and mm-hmm. everything works. Civil War is probably an Avengers movie but without the title. But it's still pretty cool. See Spider-Man come yeah. in and like fanboy over everyone <laughs> whilst he beats the shit out of him. It's pretty cool. And like you look at the uh, the main plot for uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp is that Scott Lang can't be caught breaking the law or being a superhero because of the fallout of him getting involved and being on uh, Captain America's side in Civil War. So you wouldn't have the main plot line of Ant-Man and the Wasp without Civil War. If Ant-Man and the Wasp was a heist movie as well, <laughs> I'd be way more into it. I think it's a very clear sweep that everybody's going for Civil War. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't think they needed to do a sequel for Ant-Man, like give Ant-Man another movie. Because the only reason they did it was so they could go like subatomic. But they just did it so... The only reason Ant-Man and Wasp exists is so they could set up how they're going to go back in time in Endgame. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. And... The best bit about it is the post credit scene where, where, where it's revealed that uh, uh, Hank, his wife, and uh, the Wasp all got snapped by Thanos. So, and also, yeah, I don't see why they need a sequel. Now they've got a third one coming, Quantumania. I think it's gold. So you got to figure out what, what we're going to do when Quantumania apparently runs wild on all of us. Ooh. <laughs> There's a lot of so, racism in this podcast. <laughs> I was just, I was just punmanship on my part. I was not trying to. You made this a racist thing. I think just, he did it on his own. Yeah, that's uh, that's unfortunately Terry's fault. God damn it, Terry Belaya. Anyway, so after the Seamus Daniel Bryan of this tournament so far, as Amanda Wasp was out. Final match is two captains 
Captain America, the first Avenger, taking on Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, hands down. Is she actually a captain? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. That's fair. <laughs> uh, that was the, f- the first Avenger, Captain America. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, against Civil War and Winter Soldier, there's only one left. Sorry. Ooh, listen, wow, Jesus. All right, Stan. I, I, I said the first Avenger when I read it out. Yeah, I was too busy suddenly wondering, wait, was she ever actually declared captain? Is that actually her rank? But then Jimmy quickly squashed that. Wait, isn't, isn't she major, Carol Danvers, though, actually? So how did she become captain? Did she get promoted? I'd say getting, uh, I'd say having those powers promotes you uh, pretty far up. I mean, I think she is more of a captain than Captain America because he was just a scrawny guy that nobody wanted in the army and then got abs and is now declared a captain. Yeah, well, he was just a mascot as well until he saved all those people. Well, that does provide that really good line there. I know what I'm doing. I'll punch Hitler like a hundred times. <laughs> also, Captain Marvel was set in like the mid-90s and uh, I just have such a fondness for... Uh, for that time and like the the blockbuster thing and all like the little references and the music you want to talk good soundtracks like this soundtrack for captain marvel was insane you had nirvana Mm -hmm. and no doubt and just so many other like 19 mid 1990s standards uh and it didn't get like overly like preachy where it's like oh look there's a woman and girl power and stuff. they really didn't even ever get like that at all and um yeah, Cap- uh, Captain Marvel is just a fantastic movie. It's one of my favorite of the origin films. But there is one problem with it is that it was pr- it was peak in like nineties. What was it? Ninety four, ninety five? Wasn't it? I think, it was, I think that because you caught Stan Lee in it reading the script for Mallrats. Mallrats, Mall yeah. 95. No Aerosmith in the soundtrack. Well, that's your main reason against it. No Aerosmith. Yeah, like mid nineties. We're talking what prime was that? Get a grip. Era Aerosmith. It was not in there. Are you annoyed that the song from Armageddon was not included in Captain Marvel? Yeah, because Armageddon was after that, Scott. That would be silly. So over the song, the yeah, timeline. Four four quick names, really quick: Ben Mendelsohn, Jude Law, Annette Bening, and Lee Pace. You know what? You know what they all have in common? Captain Marvel. Do we like yeah. Jude Law now? Is that what we're saying? I like. Well, uh, no, we see strength by being a dick in this movie, so. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, you talk about names. You've got Tommy Lee Jones, Stanley Tucci, Hugo Weaving, and, and Captain America One. Uh, so powerful. Yeah, even though he didn't like the character, he was still one of the better Phase One villains. D, uh, de-aged Sam Jackson, though. Mm-hmm. Come on. Well, the de-aging on... Uh, we shouldn't talk about the de-aging Captain Marvel, because on... Um, oh, what's the guy called that's not Samuel Jackson? The white guy that died in the first Avengers. Coulson? Coulson. Yeah, oh, Clark the, Gregg. The de- yeah. de-aging on him was horrendous in that movie. I mean, you couldn't like tell ghost. that Sam Jackson was in his 70s until he ran. In that movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's always like, this is completely off topic, but do you guys have like 
older actors. So I'm thinking like Samuel Jackson, and you see where they start running. Do you ever get like worried for them? A hundred percent, yeah. Well, that because uh, I fought it as well with uh, oh god, how can I remember this guy's name? Han Solo. Uh, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Jesus, what's wrong with me? Yeah, when he started running away from that giant bull thing in one of the Star Wars movies, and I was like, oh god. Didn't he just didn't he trip over something in the Millennium Falcon and break his own leg from in the Force Awakens? Yep. Yeah, and he's always crashing his plane as well. I'm worried about the guy. You see, he didn't even he didn't even break his leg during a stunt for the movie. He just happened to not see something while he was walking. Yeah, and then, and then they still they still insist on saying, "Oh, we're going to do one more Indiana Jones with him." Like, don't! I don't think the world is crying out for one that much. I really feel like he's he wants to kill off all his iconic characters and then fly his plane into the sun, just in a puff of weed smoke. Yeah, the only reason he did like another Star Wars film is is on the insistence that Han Solo died, and then they brought him back only to kill him thirty odd years later. Yeah. Uh, that's got nothing to do with this, though. No, well, you're the one who said it was going to be off topic. So, I, mean, I yeah. like Captain America: The First Avenger, but I, I, I know way to admit that I'm taking a losing battle here. Because I've got nothing against. Do you like Captain it more than Miss Marvel? Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, whatever. Captain Marvel. Miss Marvel is going to be a TV show on Disney Plus at some point. I'm not saying I like it more. I think I've seen more of it because I don't think I've watched back Captain Marvel yet. Uh, since I went to see it, uh, but, you know, I, as a, I, like, I do agree with Jimmy that obviously they didn't do the gay feminism thing or whatever he said. Like, because they could easily have done that. I think there are some people who claimed that they did that. I don't think that they did that. And yeah, obviously nostalgia is a big thing, being in the nineties and all that. And you got to admit, because Samuel Jackson is a big part of the film, and the fact that the aging thing actually holds up throughout the film, unless you see him run, like it's quite impressive. Uh, I'm not annoyed about going with I'm not annoyed about going with Captain Marvel if you guys are going with it. I'm just saying that Captain America the First Avenger doesn't get literally the credit it deserves, I don't think. So. They looked at that scroll's dick. That, like, in uh, Captain Marvel they, they checked out that scroll's dick at one point. Well you gotta know. Yeah. <laughs> and that guy also and that guy also took a look and he turned out to be a scroll in the end, so he was just checking out like his mate's dick. And also, you had Gerda Marvel on the, the train trying to use a scroll and she punches an old woman in the face. Oh, that's classic. <laughs> that, that fucking thing makes me laugh every time I watch the show. The movie, that was, rather. That was pretty great. Uh, Captain America First Avenger... Uh, I mean, Bucky died, so that set up better movies. I, 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 it was kind of like a heist, though, but it went really wrong. It's very similar to Wonder Woman in that it's an uh, origin story that with someone wear shields set during a war. Although I will admit, and maybe we'll talk a bit more when we do our DC tournament, I, I probably would say Wonder Woman probably did it better, even though it was a different war. Yeah, yeah, the first Wonder Woman is pretty good. As well as Captain Marvel, like, she didn't really have a love interest in that movie, yeah. which is quite rare for not just women movies, but for just any fucking movie. It's quite rare, so... <laughs> Yeah, perhaps on that. Well, I think that's decided then. Captain Marvel goes through. We're down to the next round, and the winners of these 
next four matches all go through to the grand final to decide the greatest comic book movie of all time. So do bear in mind that whoever wins each of these matches does go on to determine the decide the greatest comic book movie of all time, the de facto film until the next 20 or so of them come out in the next five years and we have to do another tournament. Goddamn right. It will never end. Okay, so here we go. Uh, all the way back around, far from home to Heon, Thor Ragnarok. Oh, jeez. Thor Ragnarok. I feel like Jimmy's really done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to be brutally honest with myself and I'm trying to take my feeling about uh, these movies because I love Far From Home a lot, but I think Ragnarok is just funnier, it's better, uh, it's bigger. Uh, you got Thor and Hulk. It, I, yeah, I just, I, I just think that as much as I love Spider Man and I've always loved Spider Man, and you could literally put, I don't know, Tom Holland in the suit on a roof, just sort of talking to himself for a movie, and I think I would love the movie anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, I love Far From Home, but uh, it's got to be Ragnarok, though. I mean, come on. We talk about Ragnarok. Something we didn't talk about in the last round is uh, Kate Blanchett as the villain. Mm-hmm. She's pretty great. It's Hella. What's her name? No, not Hella. What's her name? Hella. Yeah, I think it's Hella. The, it's it, it Hella. Hella, the god of death. And I did love how she does the big speech and then someone guy goes, whoever you are. And they're like, whoever I am. Did, did you not just listen to who I am? She's pretty outstanding. I love her transformation, mm-hmm. too. Like, the first time you see her and she puts her hands through her hair and it turns into, like, the the like the headdress thing that she wears. I, I love that shot so much. Oh, but the twist with the twist with Jake Gyllenhaal, like I know everyone and, and their dog saw it coming, but then the other twist where he just turns into a load of fake news. Yeah, you got well. George Gibson as Alex Jones, basically. Yeah, J.K. Simmons is back, and like that made everyone super happy. And like uh, Peter Parker being super awkward about telling girls that he likes them, that he likes them, and that bit where she's like, "You're Spider Man." And that takes him completely off guard. What a movie. The, um, the bit where he's like swinging through the city with MJ and MJ is like, ah! Ah! like freaking out because she's not like used to being up, like swinging and stuff is classic comedy, classic comedy. And it's great. Like seeing the, the doubt that Peter, that Peter Parker has like taking the place of Iron Man and him thinking his holiday is going to be good for him. Uh, yeah. And then he just gives up all the responsibility of a super fucking deadly weapon. <laughs> that was and really then, dumb. And then, and then, apart from John Favreau, plays a, a really good part of it. He had to be a state character for much of the, the series. And I do like kind of the interaction. is almost like the big brother to to Spider-Man, even though like, when you see him mm. in Homecoming, he doesn't want anything to do with him, but now they're kind of more friendly. And so more stepdad than big brother. Yeah. And then he's the uh, <laughs> and then he's trying, or Stefan because he's trying Step to like, yes, and then he plays ACDC on the plane and Spider-Man says, oh, I love Led Zeppelin. It is really good. I used to think there's some big ACDC fan out there who probably stormed out of the cinema when that scene happened. <laughs> I just love that. But you have Carl Urban and Thor Ragnarok talking about all the things he collected from Earth. I've got these two yeah. guns. It's called Dez and Troy. <laughs> he doesn't tell anyone to not be a cunt. 
So <laughs> it's not it's hey. not peak Carl Urban. He doesn't say fucking diabolical at all once. Yeah. Remember what I told you. Don't be a cunt. You've also got Matt Damon at playing Loki for a scene. Oh and, yes. <laughs> and, it's talking about people who didn't originally add anything. Like I don't think Odin added a lot, but like Anthony Hawkins' best bit in it is when like he has Thor has the vision towards the end where he sees his dad, and his dad goes, "I'm sorry, are you Thor, God of Hammers." <laughs> but then in, in Far From Home, like I so you got Jake Gyllenhaal doing the fake news bit, carrying on from Nightcrawler. He's to stare of his camera just on there. And that was a great movie. That's a great movie. Nightcrawler is an incredible movie. If you've not watched it, do yourselves a favour and immediately listen to the rest of this and then watch it. I used uh, to have a teacher of him holding a calendar with the word steady hands underneath it. I see how he did not win an Oscar and also like I know Joaquin Phoenix did a great job as Joker, but Jake Gyllenhaal should have had that role tied up in a bow after Nightcrawler. Uh, but that's beside the point. Uh, I do think the the really interesting bit was was seeing how Spider Man was kind of going to deal with it when he realised that those threat the threats weren't even real. And mm-hmm. uh, that was just another really inventive part on this movie. That kind of made it a quite a different superhero movie to the ones that we'd seen seen before. A really good take on the mysterious the Mysterio character, even though that is kind of what Mysterio is known for. It's still quite an interesting take. In the, se- the sequence uh, where, like, uh, Mysterio is like making Peter like see things, um, and so I think that was like super well done. Like, I mean, obviously, it's silly to say that, like, oh, this thing in the MCU was really well done because it's like all really well done. But um, yeah, I think. Far From Home is like a good sort of epilogue to the first bit of the MCU. Um, I don't know, man, but it's... The way they use Nick Fury as well and kind of... But there's so many scenes where... Well, not so many scenes. There's there's like three or four where it's Peter Parker's ignoring Nick Fury's phone calls and everyone's like, no one ignores Nick Fury. (laughs) And, and then he just really shows up. He shows up on his school trip. <laughs> so good. He's like, I'm just a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Bitch, please, you've been to space. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with the studio, I think, is interesting is that I think it's, you couldn't have had him in a, in a film up until now because before, I don't think the effects would have been right for a character like him. So it's only kind of now that you could have had him featured as a main character in a Spider-Man film. And I think this isn't anything to do with the film, but I'm pretty sure there was a story where he was almost Spider-Man, Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, mm-hmm. I think Tom McGuire could, almost couldn't do Spider-Man 2, and then they told him to get in shape just in case. Yeah, that, that is... I've heard that story as well, but they gave him a really good backstory, because they still... The whole story, as you said, was an epilogue to Endgame. So giving uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character... What was his character's name? Not Mysterio. What was his actual name? Clinton Beck, I think. but that's it. Yeah, giving him the backstory of being like one of Tony Stark's employees and everything like that was really inventive. Uh, but back to Ragnarok, because I think it would disrespect him Ragnarok a little bit. 
as you said. This... Yeah, I think we said a lot about it already in the first round, but yeah, let's go back to that. Yeah, so having to see Hulk's dick. A lot of dick watching in the MCA. They're comfortable in their own masculinity that they can see each other. Oh, four wasn't. But like, he, kept, he kept looking away. That entire like, sequence in the little room, like in Hulk's room, um, where like he's being like sort of indignant the whole time with Thor, uh, and like the whole running gag about like oh, I'm the best Avenger, you know, <laughs> and, and and stuff like I I just think that Ragnarok is just start to end maybe the best standalone Marvel movie in the franchise. Well, that's a, that's a big claim because that's literally why we're here. And like, it was a bit, and that's where, like, I remember where he's as a uh, banner because he's been a Hulk for so long and he doesn't remember anything that's happened. So Thor just tells him that he won the fight. Like, who won? Oh, I did. Easily. This isn't sound right. Well, that's what happened. <laughs> and like, even, like you said, start to finish, it opens with him doing the monologue. Like, I know what you're thinking. Oh God, Thor's in a cage. It turns out he's just talking to like a skeleton. <laughs> oh yeah, it's starting to be trapped by that fire demon. Uh, the one mm. that comes in at the end. Uh, wow. Well, two great movies. Only one can move on. So I think it needs to come down to this. Who would win in a fight? Mysterio or Hella? Hella. Can you really trick really a god? Because I mean, I know he's got all the effects, but Loki was like the god of mischief and tricks were his soul thing and illness. Yeah, Loki, Loki's very fucking useless. Loki he's is pretty ineffective. He fixed his death often enough to buy lure people in. And also, we talk about Loki, the bit where, him, where Strange comes in and then he comes out, I've been falling for 30 minutes. Oh, God, yeah. Oh my god, that was so good when he was like, I am Loki, god I miss it, and he just drops him through the floor. <laughs> and then, later on, when Thor is like, he holds his hand out, like, waiting for the hammer to come back, and you just hear shit breaking, and he's just like, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> One second. And then he gets it, and he's like, alright, and then, like, they're ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got, like, the, the, the girls asking for his photo, like, sorry you and Jay broke up, like, we didn't break up. It's a mutual thing. It's a mutual thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, got to be Ragnarok. Scott, what are you going for? Oh, Thor, I've convinced myself. Yeah, it's going to be Thor. Sorry, Spider-Man, but you've got to have, you'll have another chance in a second. So Ragnarok is going through to the grand final. I had a feeling this would be one of the ones to go through. But there were some good arguments either side. So coming up next, we've got another Spider-Man movie. We've got Homecoming taking on Winter Soldier. <sighs> Winter Soldier is pretty great. I'm sorry, that was a class of ASMR there just on YouTube. Well, I, I was thought when well, you guys would start speaking before I spoke, but then you didn't. Well, I'm, right, I'm, right, I'm updating the bracket as we go along, so I was waiting for you when you used to speak. Oh, okay. Well, if we're doing ASMR, then I think that it's only extremely important that I say Homecoming should probably win. You're really jumping in early doors here, Jimmy. We know nothing to back it up. Back that up. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. being peak Tony Stark in this movie, accepting a phone call from India 
while an uh, empty Iron Man suit <laughs> he shows up. Robert Downey Jr. there accepting a phone call from India. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He sent out the empty Iron Man suit to go down and, like, help out fucking Spidey and shit. Um, the peak, the peak banter of fucking his little friend that throws the party. He's doing the DJ stuff. Flash. Yes. A lot of this is just coming down to comedy spots. And I think, like, I don't, when we get to, like, Winter Soldier, you got to get everyone's doing, like, the Hell Hydra, Hydra stuff. And they take that guy into the roof. And that's where he name drops Doctor Strange. And he's like, oh, you're not going to throw me off the roof. That's not your thing. And he's like, it's not. But she is. And out comes Black Widow is to kick the dude off the roof. You got the bit where Captain America doesn't kiss someone since, like, before whatever war it was. And then he has to make out with Scarlett Johansson. To like hide, they go into the Apple store and have some banter with the Apple guy since you guys love banter so much. I see you, I see, the, I see all of that, and I raise you the fairy scene from Homecoming having mm-hmm. to save the fairy. Uh, and Peter is like trying his best, uh, until Iron Man shows up and helps him. I think that's like one of my favorite scenes, uh, not only in the movie, but in like that portion of the MCU. It's just like because it builds so nicely uh, up to the whole, like, get up, Spider-Man. Oh, that's a whole nother argument. Fucking the get up Spider-Man scene in, in Homecoming is just unfucking believable The scene in the car during the date when he knows that Michael Keaton knows that he's fucking Spider-Man and they're like, like, going back and forth with one another, the camera angle of like seeing the rear view mirror and seeing fucking Peter, like practically crapping his drawers. Um, because he knows that this dude is like super dangerous and he was like the guy that he was just fighting or whatever. Like, yeah, it's gotta be homecoming. It's gotta be homecoming. And we talk about the villains, they kind of just brush the villains, like origin together for some of the standalone films and they suddenly can have a suit with all these weapons that they know how to use. Whereas at the start of Homecoming, they show uh, Michael Keaton and his crew outside after the uh, first Avengers fight in 2012. And so when it fast forwards to when Homecoming is, then they know how to use the weapons. So they actually have films that take the time to like use the weapons and figure out how best to like use them because they don't know what the hell they are. And so they're basically a smarter villain. And then I do like when uh, they kill off the shocker guy who's like, oh, he, and Michael Keane doesn't realise what gun he was using. He says the guy who probably kills him, like, calling himself a shark. It was, it's pro wrestling. <laughs> yeah. I think, look, both movies do do that really well. And they do the backstory stuff with Hydra and Bucky Barnes and kind of having his arm taken off and replaced and everything. And you do have the scene where he's, like, being electrocuted because he kind of remembers who Captain America is after he sees him for the first time. And, like, Captain America calls him, sees that he's Bucky. He's like, Bucky? He's like, who the hell's Bucky? And you see the scene later on where he's being electrocuted again to try and make him forget and he's having the arm repaired after the cool like fist fighting uh with Captain America. So I just think that that's really well done as well. And it's quite like not an emotional scene, but it's kind of weird scene where he can't he all those memories come flooding back to him and it kind of makes the unstoppable monster, the like Terminator, kind of go from Terminator One to kind of Terminator Two, where he's kind of like helping people. Really on these Terminator references today. <laughs> Watch. Like, 
the first two Terminators after Nightcrawler. Don't watch the third one. And, uh, I, I really like, I think with Spider-Man, though, like, the story is, like, all people saw that Spider-Man, like, he's had so many different suits, and he spent the first half, like, obsessing over the suit that he got given to come to terms with it. But then he learns that it doesn't matter what the suit looks like. It's about the hero, like, because a lot of people say that Iron Man is just a suit. And I think Peter kind of assumes that, because he's getting all his tech from Iron Man. But he has to learn that he has to just do it by himself, because then he has to, like, fight Vulture and that really crappy stone together suit that he made himself. Yeah, both these movies kind of bring it back to the to the core person because obviously Captain America doesn't have like all the gadgets under the sun mm. either. So they're both kind of like again they're both different kind of superhero movies to just kind of all the weapons, all the lasers, and all the whatever. Uh, but I, don't know, I think the story they tell between the Winter Soldier and Captain America, also Hydra and Shield. I know a lot of it was to lean into the TV show and they kind of tried to go that direction. It didn't necessarily work with the shield TV show, but like it was still a cool way of doing it with those guns that were going to kind of minority report, decide on if someone was going to commit a crime. If you're more familiar with minority report than you are the MCU and, uh, yeah, great movies. I'm going to have to go Winter soldier though. I have to back it still. And the way Captain America has to go back to like his original stuff as well, kind of drop all the shield crap. And goes to get his suit. Mm-hmm. And you got Stanley as the security guard. Is like, I am still gonna get fired. That was a good Stanley cameo. We have to do a tournament of Stanley cameos. Ooh, that, would be, that would be difficult. That would be more difficult than this. Luffy, how can you put that up against X Men Three, where he was guy holding a water hose for three seconds? <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's done already. <laughs> That's the, st- the the first mission of Winter Soldier is really cool. We used to go into that ship, do the extraction. You realize his missions are kind of like Scarlett Johansson, a different vi- mission. He had to fight that actual cage fighter. The um the whole sequence of Spider Man in Homecoming, like trying to fill his days with being the best Spider Man that he can. Um, while the Avengers are sort of like not using him. So he like goes and returns a bike and is like trying to stop a guy from breaking into a car or so he thinks. And like the whole town is like, shut the fuck up and everything because he's in New York and that's how it goes. Um, I think that like homecoming like really made their version of New York sort of stand out as like a, a character uh, almost and uh, I don't know I just I have such an affinity for Homecoming that like I can't in good conscience vote against my boy Spider-Man but that's just real New York that wasn't even an actor that was just someone telling the set to shut the fuck up <laughs> that's that could be that could be absolutely true <laughs> Scott what about you I don't like I feel like we're, we seem going to some of trend because I've been trying to think of reasons to go with uh, Winter Soldier because I feel like more often than not I end up signing with Jimmy which just seems cruel uh, but I'm just giving my opinion but like this, the MCU Spider-Man films were been, like night and day over what we've got before especially the last like Andrew Garfield one it's so like Spider-Man Homecoming I think is, is better than Far From Home uh, and like establishing this new version of Spider-Man so I'm going with Spider-Man 
listen to that arrogant shit open a beer knowing that you were going to vote for him. Yeah, I specifically waited. <laughs> I know you did. what he was saying. It was sitting on my knee and I just had my finger under the fucking thing like, go ahead, get there. Fucking get there. Get there. Remember who Captain America was and dragged him out of that lake thing. He's already made his choice. Well, I think we've still got one more Captain America to talk about in this final it's four. as good as this one. That's your personal opinion. These are opinions. They're right. Real opinions. He said it. <laughs> anyway, let's go back to hating each other because I'm going with it's Guardians of the Galaxy 1 versus Iron Man 1. Guardians. Gotta be Guardians. Just jump, just jump straight in. Gotta be Guardian. I okay. It took me. I'm gonna say five years to fully watch Iron Man front to back. Don't know why. Just couldn't do it. But Guardians just had me locked in the entire time. I think Guardians has to take it. Guardians has to take it. It's funny. Iron Man's not even a long movie. Act. Iron Man's like it's like two hours and ten minutes or something. This pretty standard Hollywood summer blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, but for some reason I just couldn't do it. Like I don't know. Like it just there wasn't a lot there for me at the time. It's two hours and six minutes. I mean, talk about nostalgia when you talk about Captain Marvel. I mean, you got Peter Quill who left left there from what the seventies. 80s, something like that. And so like all he knows about pop culture is what was last when he was on Earth. And so he's making references to Kevin Bacon and calling him the greatest hero of all time. And like in comic book movies. You mentioned the uh, the scene with his mum at the start. I mean that's not what you expect from a especially when you see the trails and then you get this really like heart wrenching scene at the start and it's his mum that gave him the awesome mix. Like at least to the second volume of it. Yeah, uh, it is certainly more kind of gut-wrenching in that way than kind of the Iron Man story. Well, no, we we don't really get all the Iron Man story to begin this with. Iron Man. Iron Man doesn't show his emotions a lot. Yeah, certainly not yet. And uh, it's just it's just where the MCU started. So we're kind of looking at Guardians of the Galaxy, where we kind of knew what the MCU was all about. Although this was kind of the first time we were getting. We were obviously seeing the Guardians, so we were getting the James Gunn like feature. Yeah, uh, like nobody knew who the Guardians were, though. So, like, up until the trailers, nobody gave a shit. And then we everybody saw the trailers, and everybody started getting buzzed. And I think, like, this actually may be quite good. And it proved to be fucking awesome. Yeah. And, like, I know with Iron Man, they, they used what they had really well at the time, although they still had a lot of kind of the bankroll. They didn't necessarily have the effects that the Guardians were going to get kind of for them the way they presented the Iron Man sh- suit and they used that shot of Tony Stark's with he just head in the helmet when he's flying around and stuff we kind of saw that for the first time we saw a lot of things just for the first time so I don't know it's quite tough because Iron Man is still a good movie and now there's even more emotion to it after Endgame with like obviously asking for a hamburger and stuff mm-hmm and the, oh. yeah, the, that film ends with Iron Man, Iron Man and then also we said oh we're not including the Avengers movies that we keep referencing them at every fucking opportunity 
Well, it's it's hard not to. Yeah, I get that. Because a lot of the references from the Avengers movie are just references from the individual movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, bad. I don't know. This, this is a hard one. At some point, we can also decide. At some point, not so much a two, but to argue, what's the second best Avengers movie after Endgame? Infinity War. Yeah. Okay, mm, we can argue. Nah, it's the first one. Oh, okay then. See, coming soon. After we've decided what the actual greatest movie of all time is. Not okay, well, it's not, it's not Ultron. Ultron can go screw. Okay, that right, okay, that idea fell apart in 30 seconds. Back to the... <laughs> I don't know, this is quite tough. I, love, I do love Guardians. It's It's very cheesy kind of in the way it's presented, which obviously I love. Iron Man, I think it's just more nostalgic and it's more just looking at where the things started off. But Scott, would it, wait, wait, you're not present, you're not showing your hand yet on this. Like, I know there's other, this, this is probably a petty argument here, but he spends the majority of Iron Man is him building a suit that blows up, then he builds another suit. And then in all the other movies, he can, like, he can get all these suits together like that even though he's still as much of a genius in those movies as he was in the first one. Like he's got like 40 of them in Iron Man 3. But Robert Downey was still like a proven like leading guy. Like everybody knew who Robert Downey Jr. was. Everybody knew who Jeff Bridges and Gwyneth Paltrow were going into uh, Iron Man. Chris Pratt was just the guy from... He, was, he wasn't even the lead guy in Parks and I think that is it just to cut you off. That's a little bit unfair. Cause when they hired Robert Downey Jr., to portray Iron Man, it was seen as a quote-unquote risk because Robert Downey Jr.'s reputation in Hollywood wasn't great at that point. Yeah, but I'm so saying here... He wasn't even the highest-paid person in Iron Man. I don't know, but what I'm saying here is that he's, he still had been a, a leading guy in the past, whereas Chris Pratt, as funny as he is, he was less of a leading man because he was like the third highest-billed male lead in an ensemble comedy show before this. Yeah, Dave Bautista, who most of his film endeavours had been pushed before this. And you've got Vin Diesel voicing a tree and Bradley Cooper voicing a, a raccoon, which is a concept I'm sure a lot of people found hard to get around when it first came out. And does Bradley Cooper hate Marvel? Because I've not seen him in any, do any media for any of these movies. He's just not a very interesting guy. He's too busy making pish musicals with Lady Gaga. I don't think Bradley Cooper's a great interview whenever I've seen him. But, I mean, they still had Zoe, uh, Zoe Saldana, who's kind of like a name. So they did put together some vague names. I think Dave Bautista just had to audition loads for the role, didn't he? But kind of with the Marvel movies, they sell themselves. So they could kind of put anyone really in them at, at some times. And I think Chris Pratt, because it was mostly going to be Although it's quite a serious story, there's still an overriding comedy to it. So getting Chris Pratt after his kind of like successful run in Parks and Recreation and everything. There's a risk for kind of a movie, but I'm sure that I'm sure their base pay kind of reflected that. Uh, the, thing I'm, the thing I'm trying to get is I think Guardians was more of a risk, which is why I'm kind of going for Guardians here. I, I don't I think Iron, Iron Man isn't Iron Man isn't like is he Iron Man is the character before we get to the films? He's not like an X Men level superhero. You're still releasing a superhero that 
nerds who obviously know everything about but mainstream people you're not talking about spider-man at that point you're talking yeah, about but like, like, what the fuck is iron man there are quite a few nerds who didn't know who the guardians were the guardians were even more niche inside our already niche genre I mean, they were also, like, not likely at all. Like, it's not that they were, like, a lot of people just, like, didn't even rate them before. And then uh, James Gunn came out and fucking blew everybody's hair back with this incredible script. Uh, the visuals were uh, fantastic. The the Just the cast was unbelievable. I mean, Guardians is just, it hits all the right buttons and doesn't feel longer than it is. Mm-hmm. Actually, feels significantly shorter than it is, in my opinion. Yeah, I still think with the MCU, you kind of understand what a risk it was at the time because we've already seen universes go tits up immediately with stories that people do know very well. When you're talking about kind of the universal dark universe or whatever the fuck that was going to be, when they tried to do the Mummy movie with Tom Cruise, and that was going to be part yeah. of a universe, it's a story that people know quite well, and they fucked yeah. it immediately. Thing <laughs> that thing that Marvel did that all these other failed character franchises did is that yeah they did but with Nick Fury at the end the actual movie itself didn't try to build to a sequel like it just did its best to be its own standalone thing and like most yeah. people probably walked out by the time the end credits scene because at the time they weren't used to having to stay behind for Marvel movies for the post credit scene which is really something we haven't actually leaned into that much in this tournament whereas with uh Guardians, for the most part, they had this core group of characters that they made singles movies and then the group movie with Avengers. Whereas this is the first new group outside of like this new group since Avengers that they like try to put together because everybody knew by this point Thor, Iron Man, Captain America, those guys. And they said, let's try another group of characters, but these guys are even more obscure than the ones we already made stars out of. So that was yeah. a risk they tried to do an offshoot. When this was all established, whereas this was a standalone movie, yes, they had plans for it going forward, but they didn't make it all totally obvious. Whereas they need to cram a lot of teases and builds up, and here's somebody who's going to play this person in another movie. Let's get going two years from now. I I like well, to think that Iron Man and Guardians One both had sort of the same mountain to climb, but I feel that like Guardians being in uh, Phase Two sort of that mountain was a little bit more steep because no, it didn't have that cachet of like anything good before it. And it was a bunch of characters nobody even really knew about. None of the main characters that you know from the rest of the universe even really appear in Guardians 1. And I think just, I think Guardians 1 just hands down has to take this and move into the uh, uh, ultimate yeah. tournament. And I've got to disagree slightly with something you just said that it had more steep mountains to climb because it had nothing before it did it had the entirety of phase one to go before it, and yeah. people were going to go see marvel films it's a separate story from everything else not really because you had thanos was in there as an overriding yeah, menace Ronan was working for thanos and you'd already seen thanos at the end of avengers thanos assemble and even well, I don't know, you can't so you can't I, say they had nothing to go towards it and when a point of that dude just say well you didn't do a lot like he was still in there like doing doing things he was still the overriding menace he was the one everyone was talking about like ronan was talking about and there's that whole scene where he slammed the gem into his hammer and people were like well Thanos is gonna fucking kill you or whatever they were saying he was like i don't care i'm lee pace i'm the best wrestling entrance and he just did it anyway like he still is the overriding 
menace he's the he's the one like and um i think by that point everyone loved the marvel movies so much they would go watch marvel paint a wall (laughs) see but i think that's what guardians did is i think guardians solidified that i think guardians solidified that like marvel could take these gigantic risks i think uh that Iron Man, don't get me wrong, I'm not discounting the, yeah. the risk that Iron Man was at the time, but they had already made all the way up to Avengers, and then Guardians was coming with, you didn't have Thor, you didn't have Captain America, you didn't have um, Robert Downey Jr., you didn't have anybody really that anybody really knew too much about, and they somehow, with the music, the visuals, the um, the universe, the, the, the expanded universe that they sort of brought in, I think Guardians really uh, sort of my it's similar to my argument with uh, Doctor Strange is that uh, Guardians sort of like flipped the script and changed it and made it its own where, yes, Iron Man is the foundation, but this is sort of like the nice little extension you put on the house when you have a little bit of money. Yeah, I mean, it's it's different things what you're saying is what they took what was already done and kind of did their own thing with it. But Iron Man had nothing before it other than obviously Hulk. Uh, No, not Hulk, not even Hulk. And uh, had nothing before it. Yeah. Hulk. Yeah. It was obviously after it, Uh, but Iron Man had nothing. So it was the risk. And if it did go wrong, if it went massively wrong, there would be none, none of this, but obviously we've got to decide this, which is a better movie. Rather than what was the risk that was going to, I think Guardians is the better movie. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I would rather watch Guardians. Yeah, I think Guardians has more rewatchability than Iron Man. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to base it on. Which would I rather watch kind of just randomly on a Saturday afternoon? It would probably be Guardians just because it's more fun. Mm -hmm. And then you'll go over the rest of the day with the songs from the movie in your head. They're all around fun time because, like, I know rewatchability doesn't always have to factor into one great movie because there are great movies that you don't have to watch that often, that, and they still end up being great movies. But I think the rewatchability factor of play is uh, Guardians Home for me. Right. So the final one is Captain Marvel versus Civil War. Hmm. Captain Marvel versus Civil War. Okay, so go with me on this one. No. Civ- okay, never mind then. That's the end of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining oh, us we're here. All done here. Yeah. Um, no, um, <laughs> Civil War is kind of a garbage movie, except for the airport scene. Captain oh, Marvel. Geez. Captain Marvel is a really fucking awesome film throughout. I think that it's fun. like we're going back to fun. Uh, the soundtrack is there. Multiple inventive fight scenes, like the fight through the, uh, the subway train as it's going. Um, you had um, the fight in space. Uh, the fight in space where she has like the fucking you know cups on her hand so she can't like blast anybody until she does. Um, the, the 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 cat. Come on. Come on. <laughs> uh, the villain in Civil War 
His name I can't even remember. Demo. Is not worth the breath it takes to say his name. So I agree 100% with Jimmy. Yeah. A Civil War is great in the sense of it brought people to, that the story was cool seeing everyone together for kind of the first time and fighting was cool what it led to in Endgame that Iron Man and Captain America still hadn't like sent each other kissing faces for your text or anything like that and uh, it was cool but it's it's not a good movie I don't know what it's doing, what did it beat in the round before? Uh Ant-Man and the Wasp. All right, that wasn't a mistake. <laughs> I was about to say, that's a mistake, but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I'd say the randomness of this bracket, but I don't think it matters what I say. I, I do agree that there are some issues with, with Civil War, even though it's, I think it's an already good movie. I think the fact that they had to have a villain rather than just having a, a using the moral differences between Captain America and Iron Man, which they already established in previous Avengers movies, didn't yeah. mean the main thing rather than just having someone pull the strings and all that. Uh, and again, like I said before, it's mainly an Avengers movie. But even though, like a lot of people would say, Captain uh, Black Widow should have been like the first like female standalone film, I still think it's good that they, they did Captain Marvel before her because she was a new character. She actually had powers. And I think she is more interesting because it took a few films. I think it took around. I think it took a few movies into the franchise before Black Widow actually became an interesting character. I think it was around Winter Soldier. And I'm not saying that her style film won't be good. I think I'm sure it will be. But I still think it was a right choice to do Captain Marvel first. Yeah, I think with Black Widow, ultimately, if you make, you're going to give her a standalone movie, it's going to come out, it's going to be good. But it's going to be kind of along the same format of a lot of other just mo- espionage kind of movies that we've seen, mm-hmm. except they're going to have to glam up. They're going to have to really accentuate some of the characters a lot to kind of make it at least feel superhero-y um, because she doesn't actually have any powers. But with kind of Captain Marvel, it was a good movie. The way they brought in kind of the Tesseract and Ronan and people like that was interesting. Uh, de-aging Samuel L. Jackson is hilarious. And... Uh, yeah, it's just it's just cool. It was a good movie. Yeah, and given Carol Danvers' like background and then how she gets her powers, you really think about it. It's basically the Green Lantern, but done properly in a way. Yeah, kinda. Yeah, actually. You think about she's a she's a pilot. She belongs to this group of people who all have similar powers. She's originally from Earth, but she had to defend the whole universe. It's almost like either DC or Marvel stole the idea from the other one. I don't know who would have thought, but not me. <laughs> I think, like, given officially given the fact that I was like Wonder Woman did come out before this, but even then, there weren't a lot of female-led superhero movies before this. So there's that, and it's still like for the point that we made in the first round, still stands out. Like we are the old job, even though it's kind of annoying that she does barely anything and. Infinity War, or no, they were Endgame, but this was a good way to kind of establish her. And I thought she's going to be used to lead into the Miss Marvel like TV show, so I think she is an important, going to be an important character like going forward. 
I think she moves on to the grand finale to face such titans as Martha, the movie. (laughs) (laughs) So, the final four are Thor Ragnarok, Spider-Man Homecoming, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Captain Marvel. And they will go straight to the grand finale. We don't know, we don't have a time seal for when these next couple of tournaments are going to be done, but I think it's going to be DC next, then non-MCU Marvel movies, and then the grand finale, where we argue, basically, we basically contradict ourselves and say, all these good things about a Marvel movie here, then it goes up against another and say, oh yeah, but actually, I didn't mean all that, it's shit. Are there eight DC movies worth talking about? Yeah, we'll I figure it out. We're going to have to limit ourselves at how many different Batman's we can use. Two. Okay. Are we including all the Batman? Not all the Batman. Actually, we have to limit ourselves to these two. At least, only like two versions of Batman can get through. But, like, so like only one of the Nolan movies can go through. Okay. All right, that's gonna be a tricky podcast. <laughs> then it can be done. And uh, <laughs> but but that that'll be next time uh, in the ser- the tournament of tournaments the tournaments tournament if you will um, of ultimate superhero movies will continue uh, as we move through here. But before we go, I wanted to make sure to uh, get this question out there. Uh, I've been watching a, a few movies lately, so I wanted to know uh, if maybe on our way out here, you guys uh, had a suggestion of a movie you guys have watched recently sometime in the last like week or two um for people to check out before the next episode of the tournament comes out like just a movie or like something comic related or just a movie in general just a movie in general can i recommend a trilogy sure all right if it's blade we're done God, that would be so great. It's not Blade, but they are on Netflix. They are Spanish uh, movies, but I've been watching... I can't remember what the, the, the actual trilogy name is of them. But head over to Netflix and watch The Invisible Guardian, The Legacy of the Bones, and uh, I think it's called Before the Storm is the last one. And it's a trilogy of kind of crime thriller detective movies. Um, it's all one, one story throughout the trilogy about a cop who has to go back to her hometown to so- solve a lot of crimes. It, there's some witchcraft and some um, stuff going on in there. It is uh, kind of presented in the present day, uh, but there's a lot of kind of interesting kind of mythology behind it uh, as well. There's some good stories in there, and uh, yeah, it, it's fun. I'd recommend going to watch those. Uh, head over to Netflix to find those. All right, Scott, do you have a uh, a suggestion there? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I've been watching a lot of TV recently during lockdown. The actual movies. I mean, we mentioned Nightcrawler. If anyone hasn't seen that, I rewatched a couple weeks ago on Netflix. It's a hell of a movie. Like I said before that, I think it was very different to teach John Hall before that movie. Uh, I do have a TV recommendation. If nobody's checked out This Is Us, I started watching it on Amazon. I think it's absolutely spectacular. All right. All right. Um,. For me, uh, last night I watched uh, a little film directed by Regina King called uh, One Night in Miami uh, that details the night that Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and James Brown spent uh, together after Muhammad Ali wins the World Heavyweight Championship from 
Sonny Liston, and holy shit, the performance in this performances in this movie are absolutely fantastic. Uh, fantastic. Uh, Regina King directs the fuck out of this movie. Um, it's on Amazon Prime, uh, and if you haven't checked it out, make sure to go check out uh, One Night in Miami. Uh, f- absolutely fantastic film. It's based on a play of the same name, um, and it's shot very much like a play, uh, but cinematically, obviously. Um, but it is very, very good, and if you haven't had a chance to check it out yet, it is fairly new, so make sure you do get a chance to check it out. Uh, but that'll do it for us here uh, on Rogue Opinions with the A-Team, so we're going to go around the horn real quick and get the plug. Scott, Thank you so much for putting the um, the tournament bracket together for us. So uh, we'll uh, start off with you here, buddy. Uh, what do you got going on in the world and, uh, and all that other fun stuff? Yeah, I just thought of a movie there because you mentioned Robert Downey Jr. and what he was really he was considered a risk of the team. The year before, he was Iron Man. He started in a film called Charlie Bartlett that I think is quite underrated. Film. I heard it on Netflix a few years ago. It's got uh, the late Anton Yeltsin in it. He plays basically a student at a school who starts playing therapist to the other students and basically selling them prescription medication. And you've got Robert Downey Jr. as a principal in it, and his daughter plays by Kat Dennings in the film. It's quite underrated, I think. Yeah, so, that movie's yeah. awesome. That movie's fantastic. And uh, yeah, so, I don't know, Anton Yeltsin, fucking hell, I can't even name it. Uh, he was taken very, very soon, and he's starting a lot of like, underrated kind of films. And he's also kind of a small part in the new Star Trek, so. You know, but yeah, in terms of what I've got going on, you can follow me on Twitter at Scott McQueen1986. The latest episode of the Rogue Retro Smackdown review is out. And I'm raging at the moment to the second episode with James Wolford of the Undisputed Wrestling Podcast as we've drawn it all along to No Way Out 2000. Follow my other podcast, Scott and Bold Roman Podcast. I have three rambling. We should be getting ready to do a review of In Your House 6, and which will then set us up to do WrestleMania 12. And something in the next couple of weeks. Uh, over eight seats, the best retreat my show, uh, Saturday Draft Live, is really ramping up as the Royal Rumble uh, is the finale of the latest season of our fantasy draft. I'm in third place, so you know I need a big performance at, at the Rumble in order to actually win this season. And we're doing a big like live draw on the Monday following the Rumble for the next season, where we're doing teams for the first time. Interesting. If you're into like, like fantasy, like drafts, like it's like fantasy football, but for wrestling. Sounds good. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so like, cause Biggie's on my team, so you know, if Biggie could go ahead and win the rumble. That'd be great for my team. <laughs> yeah, if you could just go ahead and win the rumble, that'd be great. But him and Sasha Banks, my two top players. <laughs> well, hey, best of luck to you, man. Best of luck. Thank you. Nathan, buddy, pal, what you got going hey. on? Uh, if you want to speak to me on Twitter, over at, at Nathan Greenaway. Uh, my new podcast, that ain't sport, is coming in early Feb. It's a scripted comedy podcast about a fake American sports news show. Uh, so that'll be coming in early Feb. These guys are both in the first episode, so uh, that should hopefully be good. You can find. Uh, it on Twitter at That Ain't Sport or search for That Ain't Sport anywhere that you get your podcasts. It's on all the all the feeds by now. Go back for the archives on Rogue Opinions. If you want to hear me talk real sport, though, uh, I talk football or soccer, if you're so inclined, over at Project Dits. That's at Project D-I-T-S on Plus Added Time every week with my co-host Dara. 
And uh, yeah, otherwise, not a lot really. Probably be back for some stupid fucking tournament at some point here. Glowing endorsement as always. That's right. Rogue, <laughs> under, Rogue underscore opinion is where you can find uh, out all the things that we got going on over there and all the little like uh, fun stuff that we got. Um, also, if you do enjoy football or soccer or football and soccer, if you, you, you like that, watch Ted Lasso. Fucking great. Jason Sudeikis is amazing. Um, also, uh, go follow uh, Pro Wrestling Magic at Wrestling Magic on the Twitter and go follow us on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Magic and go over on to Fight TV and watch our last couple shows because next up, we got the Roaring Twenties 2 Behind the 8-Ball is coming out uh, sometime uh, in February. We are taping it uh, so- soon, actually. Uh, and after the dramatic events of kingdom come five who knows how the kingdom will ever be able to recover hopefully we get the title off of uh the metal ends monster sometime soon because that guy fucking sucks nah lou i'm kidding i love you um but yeah that's uh over at wrestling magic i am mr riot on twitter that's m-r-r-i-0-t match striker still looking at you buddy because uh i know you need some help on commentary uh but that will be it for us here on the a team and in the immortal words of Yakko Warner. Let me just say good night, everybody. I love you, 3000. Wakanda forever. I can't stop this feeling deep inside of me. Girl, you just don't realize what you do to me when you hold me in your arms so tight you let me know everything's all right Turn.